Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks on feminism with this sermon entitled, Adam, Where Are You? Preached January the 20th, 2013. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Genesis chapter 3. We read in Matthew thirteen fifty-two, Jesus said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. And I believe this is teaching us the minister of the gospel must preach Christ, the treasure, from the old and the New Testament. Jesus himself said, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, and the writings, they all speak of me. That Christ must die and be raised from the dead. That repentance and forgiveness of sins be proclaimed to all the nations. So I want to speak to you from Genesis 3. Adam, where are you? Steve, Dawn, Greg, Joe, where are you? You are the husband, you are the leader, you are the ruler, God appointed, where are you? That's a question that you ring in your ears. So I want to speak now two things from Genesis 3. First, our problem in the first Adam. Our problem of sin and guilt and death and hell. Our problem of the wrath of God. Feminism is as old as the fall recorded in Genesis. The real cause of feminism, friends, was the failure of Adam to rule for God with the help of his God-built and God-given wife, Eve. And God is asking, Adam, where are you? He became a rebel, an enemy of God. In his failure to rule, in his failure to love and shield his wife from the seduction of the devil, we see Eve being deceived by the devil, who appears in the form of an erect, very crafty serpent. Feminism is the total reversal of the kingdom of God, of the divine order. God is the head of man, man is the head of the woman. That is the divine order in the beginning. Instead we see Satan as the head of the woman and the woman the head of man. Though woman was created after man, from man, and for man. In the Garden of Eden, we do not hear the voice of Adam. 
we hear the voice of the devil and we hear the woman responding to the old devil we hear the serpent questioning injecting doubt in the heart of eve hear the question did god really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden friends god was very generous they could eat from any tree except one tree the tree of the knowledge of good and evil there was only one prohibition to demonstrate who was the sovereign man is a creature in spite of all his fantasy for deification man is still a creature but now a fallen sinful creature was adam not in the garden while the serpent was tempting with questions and demonic declarations and nullifications we read genesis 3 when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it adam was there but he is silent he is invisible he is passive he abandoned his post as the ruler adam where are you you do not hear his voice of rebuke of the serpent it was adam who named all the livestock the birds of the air and the beasts of the field this meant adam possessed authority to rule over all the living creatures including the strange speaking serpent He was also the one who named Eve. That is in God's order Adam was the head of the woman. So Adam had the primary responsibility to rule in behalf of God. He was to deal with devil and cast him out of the garden. Adam was tested in the most favorable circumstances yet he failed this gave rise to feminism this feminism is not seeking just equality with man it is seeking headship over man and god man is to be subject to the woman in opposition to god's order adam where are you why are you not at your post why is your voice not heard though you are with your wife all along 
Why did you ignore this sovereign God? God created man and a woman. They are equal in their persons and dignity. Even as all the persons of the Godhead in the essential trinity are equal in glory and power. So man and woman are equal also in their salvation. Their role difference exists only in this life. In heaven they shall be like angels, Jesus said. The subordination of woman to the man therefore is applicable only in this age. In redemption, the order at the beginning is restored. So if you are redeemed, then understand man is the head of the wife and Christ is the head of man. Now let us examine several texts. First, from the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 3. And I want to make several statements. First, Adam became a rebel. He was not deceived as Eve was. He sinned deliberately against God. Second, Eve was deceived by the crafty serpent. Friends, the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Any negation of the word of God comes from the devil himself. Look at the history of interpretation of the Bible. The liberal churches abandoned what the scripture teaches and we are in this condition at this time in this country because of the failure of churches that rejected the authority and the truthfulness of the Bible number three the devil appears as a fallen angelic being Because he is an enemy of God. There was a prior fall. Prior to man's fall. That was the fall of the devil and the demons. Number four. The serpent. A kind of an incarnation of the devil. Was erect. Was speaking lies against God was cursed by God was crawling in the dust as he exited from the garden number five Eve was to function under Adam as his help meet which means one able to answer to him Now she acts independently of him and rules over him. And the tragedy today is he is very happy. 
in the role of passivity. Steve, Joe, where are you? God is speaking. Number six, Adam obeys his wife as her subordinate, but not obeys God. Number seven, God is seen as their enemy, serpent as their friend and benefactor. Number eight, God's authority always integrates, unifies a family. Devil's authority disintegrates, scatters. That's why there are fights and divorces and all that. Number nine, there are only two wills in this fallen world. The will of God or the will of the devil. Therefore, there are only two peoples, the people of God or the people of the devil. Number 10, obedience to God results in blessing. In happiness, in joy, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And slavery to the devil results in misery and eternal pain. Number 11, God's word is truth and proves true in life. Number 12, devil always negates God's word, nullifies it. And 3, 4 says, you shall not surely die when God said in 2.17, dying in Hebrew, you will die. It is certain And so Adam's sin brought about death as God threatened. So we read, therefore just as sin entered the world through one man, Romans 5, 12, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. Number 13, sin brought guilt, fear, flight, shame, anxiety, and death. Number 14, Adam and Eve failed to confess their sin when they were given an opportunity. What did they do? They blamed God for their sin and others. Number 15, they resorted to self-atonement, covering themselves with self-made fig leaf contraption. Number 16, they did not become God as Satan declared. They are now fallen 
and dying creatures. Non posse, non peccare means they could only sin. Number 17, they sought to gain wisdom by transgression. But true wisdom, which God alone gives, keeps you from sinning. Fear God and shun evil. 28.28 of Job. Number 18. All fantasies over reality has come. They are expelled from the garden as fallen human. Not self-determining and self-sufficient God. Number 19, they sinned and lost their glory. Your nakedness is showing. Number 20, the silent husband saw and heard and agreed with the counsel of the devil. He ate what Eve gave him and they died now let me read to you from two scholars Raymond Oatland on Genesis 3 6 Eve usurped Adam's headship and led the way into sin and Adam who it seems had stood by passively Allowing deception to progress without decisive intervention. Adam for his part abandoned his post as head. Eve was deceived. Adam forsook his responsibility. Both were wrong and together they pulled the human race down into sin and death. And George Knight speaks on Genesis 3.6. It is obvious from the text that Eve encouraged wrongdoing when she gave Adam the fruit. It is equally obvious that she takes the leadership role in that activity and that Adam simply follows her leadership. She allows herself to be drawn into the role of spokesman by the serpent. She does not turn to her husband from whom she had received God's command to ask him about what God had said and meant by his command. But rather acted unilaterally in opposition to the command that her husband had given her. The fact that Adam was following Eve's leadership and not simply being deceived is borne out by Paul's inspired evaluative statement in 1 Timothy 2.14. Adam was not the one deceived, it was the woman who was deceived. Thus it seems appropriate to say that God's first command to Adam, because You obeyed. Listen to your wife. Is a rebuke to Adam for his failure to carry out his God-ordained leadership role. 
Number 21, their only hope, friends, is the promised seed of the woman. The son of Virgin Mary who would clothe them with his own righteousness. He alone is able to crush the head of the devil by his own atoning death on the cross. And another text we want to look at from the Old Testament, Genesis 16, 1 through 6. Let us see feminism, the old feminism in the life of Sarai. She blames God for her barrenness. She blames God for failing to fulfill the promise of giving many children to Abraham. Now she is 75 and he is 85. They had been in Canaan for 10 years. So listen. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, ordered him, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go into Hagar. Because I can build a family through her. Abram agreed, obeyed, complied. She's saying, you know, God has failed. God told us certain things. Genesis 12 verse 2. I will make you into what? A great nation. Genesis 13, 16, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. Genesis 15, 4 and 5, the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to them, to him, so shall your offspring be. But what happened? He failed to deliver. So Sarai takes control. She orders her husband to go on to Hagar and have a son through her. Besides surrogate motherhood for infertile wife was an accepted legal custom. So we read Genesis 30 verse 3. Rachel said, here is Bilhah, my maidservant, go into her so that she can bear children for me and that through her I too can build a family. I don't need a car to build a family. I'm not stupid. I have understanding and I lean on to my own understanding. If you are not going to do it, I will do it. Sarai wants to build a family for herself and God has failed so far. But Sarai, did you hear what God is saying? Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Vanity, nothingness, futility. 
when we make decisions based on our own understanding in opposition to the Bible. She wants to build. She is leaning on to her own wisdom. She is not acting in faith. Because she is not acting in faith in God's promise, her building shall fall with a great crash. She is doing her own thing. She is sinning. She orders Abram around. And he obeys her as Adam obeyed Eve when he ate the forbidden fruit. Reversing the kingdom of God order. God, man, woman. It is reversed to devil, woman, man. The result of this sin also was pain and misery. There is pleasure of sin for a moment. Then comes eternal pain, man. The moment you sinned. Did you think about your children, your children's children for generation to come will suffer through that sin? You must pay for your sin. Not atone. You must pay for it. You didn't think about it. And everybody else connected with you must suffer. The devil prevents you from seeing that eternal consequences this is feminism. Notice as in Genesis 3, there was no divine intervention warning them not to sin. God permitted them to sin and experience pain. And so also he doesn't intervene. He lets you sin. The third text from the Old Testament, 1 Kings 21 1 through 16, Ahab is sulking because Naboth refused to sell his vineyard to him. Feminist Jezebel says, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Be happy. I'll take care of your problem. I'll make you happy. So we read, his wife Jezebel came in and asked him, why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat? He answered her, because I said to Naboth, the Jezreelite, sell me your vineyard. If you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel, his wife said, is this how you act as king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. She orders the elders to kill Naboth for the trumped up charge of cursing God and king. So they killed the true Israelite Naboth. Now the feminist Jezebel comes to the king. She orders Ahab As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Get up! Take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive, but dead! When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, 
He got up and went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. Or look at Amos chapter 4 verse 1. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan on Mount Samaria, you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy and say to your husband, bring us some drinks. Amos the prophet calls the upper class women of Samaria cows of Bashan. Bashan was the area northeast of the Sea of Galilee, lots of grass there, sir. You can eat and be sleek. These wealthy women of Samaria were much pampered. They were the daughters of Jezebel. Figuratively speaking, they were bold feminists. They oppressed the poor and crushed the needy to increase their wealth. They were in control. They were ordering their husbands. In Hebrew, their lords. Bring us some drinks. Wives orders and men obeys. Friends, old feminism continues through history. Jeremiah 44 and verse 19. And there we read the women added... When we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings to her, did not our husbands know that we were making cakes like her image and pouring out drink offerings to her? In other words, they complied to our worship of the queen of heaven. So that is finally Jerusalem fell to Babylon as prophesied by the holy prophets. But the people in Jeremiah 44 refused to repent. They said if only we had served the queen of heaven we would not have suffered this defeat. We worshipped not the true and living God. We worship Ishtar, Babylonian goddess of fertility, the queen of heaven. And our husbands complied with our plan and purpose. Feminism of Genesis 3 continues to our day. Friends, I said, in redemption, God's order, as in the beginning, is restored. So let's look at some New Testament texts. 1 Corinthians 11.3, which gives this order. God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man, and man is the head of the woman. That is, Christian woman. Head of the woman is man, and the head of man is Christ the Lord. First Peter 3, 1 through 7. You go home and read it. It says, be submissive to your husband two times in that passage. Be beautiful in heart. Because God looks at the heart. Men look at outward things. God looks at the heart. Be holy women. 
Put your hope in God. Be like Sarah. Who obeyed Abraham. Those Greek scholars. It is not hupotazo. But hupakuo. The same word is used. Children obey your parents. And Peter says. Sarah called him. What sir? Curios. Lord. Let me quote evangelical feminist by name Gilbert Bill Sikian. He calls this statement about Sarah obeying Abraham and calling him Lord a joke. This is what he says. The use of Sarah as an example of obedience show that Peter was not devoid of a sense of humor. In other words, a joke. Bill Sikian also refers to Abraham's obeying Sarah's order to go unto Hagar as a positive example of a husband's obeying his wife. Third is First Timothy two fourteen and fifteen. Here Apostle Paul does not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man that is uh, in a home and in the church. Because Adam was formed first. Elsewhere we read Adam was formed first, Eve after, from him and for him as a helpmeet. Eve was deceived, Adam sinned deliberately. In redemption, as I said already, the order before the fall is restored. God, man, and wife. So let us seek first the kingdom rule, which alone results in righteousness, peace, and what's a joy in the Holy Ghost. This verse prohibits the ordination of women. The Roman Catholic Church is right on this point and also right on their opposition to feminist abortion agenda. Number four, Ephesians 5, 22 and 24. This is the constitution, Ephesians 5, of uh, Christian marriage and family. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 33, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must despise her husband. Respect, sir. Respect. So, we are told in this chapter, every believer is commanded to be being filled with the Spirit. That's very key. Continuously, daily, moment by moment, every believer must worship God in spirit and in truth. Submission to one's husband in everything is impossible without Holy Spirit's power and enlightenment. 
to love one's wife as Christ loved the church by dying for her salvation is impossible unless one is continually filled with the spirit. To be filled with the spirit is to be ruled by the spirit through his word and power. And the second point, sir, the problem of Adam one is solved by second Adam, by his salvation. Friends, in Adam all are sinners and all die. We are conceived in sin, born in sin with a sin nature and daily practice sin. An unbeliever is an enemy of God. He is pervasively sinful. Genesis 6, 5, the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Total depravity. The wrath of God abides upon every sinner. He is hellbound. Kings and slaves, rich and poor, men and women and children, scientists, philosophers, and all. There is no difference. Every descendant of Adam is a sinner. The question, friends, is is there any hope for a sinner? Can a sinner be saved from God's wrath, from God's hell? Yes, there is good news for all sinners. Where first Adam failed, the second Adam succeeded. The son of God, the seed of the woman, the son of the Virgin Mary succeeded. So in the Psalm 40, we hear his voice. Here I am. It is written about me in the Bible. I have come to do thy will, O God. Deity clothed in human flesh. Jesus, unlike Adam, was tested in the most unfavorable circumstances. In the wilderness, by the devil. And yet, he fully obeyed God. By living by his father's word. He said, it is written. He said, thy will be done. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. And he taught us to pray, thy will be done. He himself prayed that prayer in Gethsemane and went to the cross to die for our sins. No fig leaf contraption can cover our nakedness from the piercing gaze of our God but the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross does cover it Jesus Christ is our atonement our propitiation yea our redemption and our justification and our sanctification and our glorification We are clothed now not in a fig leaf apron, not even in animal skins, but in the perfect, unimpeachable divine righteousness of Jesus Christ. By his atoning death, Christ Jesus crushed the head of the devil, Satan, the ancient serpent. 
And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And verse Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness and by his wounds we are saved. We are healed, sir. By Christ's death, he nullified the effects of sin. In Christ, we are given eternal life. In Christ, we fear not those who kill the body. In Christ, we resist the devil and he and his demons flee from us. Christ's victory is our victory. His authority is our authority. His inheritance is our inheritance. His life is our life. By the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners. Even so, by the obedience of the one man, Jesus Christ, many will be made righteous. Jesus Christ obeyed his father fully in life and in death, reconciling us to God. So we are told your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is a way, friends, to be saved from the wrath of God from hell itself. And there is only one way. There is only one savior for the whole world. What must I do to be saved? And heaven responds, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. The heaven responds if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. You say, how can I believe God says faith comes by hearing the gospel preached by a man of God. And God assures us, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. My counsel to you is cry out, Lord have mercy upon me a sinner and you shall be saved. So thank God for the second Adam, our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Paul says, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ listen to this application first 
Feminism is anti-God and anti-scripture. Second, feminism is as ancient as Genesis 3. Third, feminism is due to the failure and rebellion of the man. In redemption, the pre-fall order is restored. Man is under Christ. He is to rule in sacrificial love. He is accountable to Christ. Woman is to submit to the husband in the Holy Ghost. Number five, the Christian family is to function under God's constitution. Ephesians 5.18 through 6 verse 4. The truth is, in many Christian homes, the man is virtually absent. He's passive. Husband, where are you? God asks. Number seven, do not judge the word as the serpent did. Obey the word. God's word is truth. It's absolute truth. Paul says, let God be true and all men liars. Number nine, thank God for the second Adam, Jesus Christ, who gives us eternal life in place of eternal death. So I say, rise up, O men of God.